When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A bookshop is not quite like other kinds of shops in commercial life. It's a place where customers can feel different, even uplifted. It's a place to browse, a place to look, a place to buy, mm-hmm. and a place to come out of somewhat enriched. Yeah. It's an oasis, in other words, for me. Of course, book selling is selling, and commercial criteria must apply, especially in times of recession. However, to visit a bookshop is also a cultural experience, more like visiting a commercial art gallery, perhaps, than visiting your local greengrocer. You're going to a bookshop to buy a book. You're not going to buy an apple or an orange or anything like that. Yeah. So the atmosphere, as you say, is different. Books are a civilising commodity. They are entertaining, yes. But as a medium of education and as a means of conveying information... They have a vital role to play today. A world without books is the theme of the science fiction thriller Fahrenheit 451, in which Cyril Cusack plays a fire chief intent on burning all books. Books and bookshops are in reality under threat in Ireland today, not, of course, from deranged firemen, but from economic forces. Who remembers APCK, Willis Books, Eblana, Brown and Nolan, Gills, Cahir Books? These were Dublin bookshops which closed down, which vanished over the past couple of years. In brief, these shops closed because books cost more and because the Irish book-buying public have less to spend. Bookshops have suffered a drop in trade averaging somewhere between 20 and 30% since the break with Sterling. Enda O'Doherty, one of the partners in Books Upstairs, outlines the main reason for the current crisis. There have been a number of uh, factors contributing to the the current difficulties. The major one, of course, has been the uh, deterioration uh, of uh, the punt vis-à-vis sterling or the other way about. Because most of your your books, in fact, come from England. Yes. They are published and printed in England. That's right, and we must Mm. pay for those in sterling, therefore we must buy sterling at the going rate at the time to pay our bills. And over the last 18 months, that has become an increasing imposition all the time and uh, has resulted in a uh, very marked increase in the price of books to customers also. Yeah. Uh, The other thing, of course, uh, would be the increase in VAT, 5% extra put on in September last, bringing the VAT rate on books up to 15%. Yes. Um, What is the more serious factor, do you think, the break with sterling or the higher rate of VAT? Um, The higher rate of VAT... uh, 
came as a, a blow when uh, we certainly didn't need uh, another blow. Uh, the sterling thing, though, uh, is perhaps more uh, deeply worrying to me in the long term because it's so totally unpredictable and mm -hmm. uh, it's possible because of the uh, credit system that you get to pay for your books that you might uh, mark up your books at a, an appropriate rate to cover what you think your costs will be and then uh, a month or two later find that the situation had deteriorated further and that you've lost a lot of money on the bills you're paying. 85% of books sold in Ireland are British publications, and those cost us about 45% more than they sell for in Britain because of the break with sterling, along with the 15% VAT rate. It's worth mentioning, however, that the general economic recession has also been an important element in the decline in book sales. One instance of this is the decline in tourism. The Young Brothers of Webb's Bookshop on the Dublin Quays explain. Bus strikes, bad tourist trade, and on top of that, you had 5% VAT September mm. on school books. So all in all, it's been a, not a very, very good year. It is rather regretful. <laughs> well, the newspaper reports have seemed to concentrate on the VAT on books mm -hmm. and also on the break with sterling. Exactly, yes. But in fact, you're saying there are more factors that the tourist trade has hit you very badly. Very badly. Yes. yes. This year especially, it seems to be very bad. Uh, how much of your trade here on the Keys would go into the tourist business? Well, June, July, September, peak period, tourist-wise, say about 5%. 5% of your annual trade? Yeah. That's very significant. And this year, it's down to how much? Oh, it's practically zero. Zero, yes. If bookshops close... Or if books cost too much to buy, can we not continue to obtain books from our excellent spread of public libraries? Nolik Hardiman is Honorary Secretary of the Library Association of Ireland. Does it matter to her if bookshops close? Oh yes, of course it matters. The bookshops are as much a part of the educational and cultural uh, complex in this country as, or as the libraries are. And uh, a city or a town without a bookshop is nearly as bad as a city or a town without a library. Uh, the librarians use bookshops. Most of our librarians order their Oops. books through the bookshops. We use them as our agents for purchasing from publishers abroad. Mm -hmm. We use them to the see a range of books as they are being published, as they come out, so that we can decide whether we want them or not. Um, if the uh, bookshops are closing down and uh, shops are selling books at a much higher price, uh, can it be said that the libraries then will be able to offer them what they cannot afford to buy or obtain through bookshops? Well, you can't be sure. We will we'll make every effort to provide all the services that are asked from us, but many libraries have had their book funds pegged for the last couple of years. Public libraries particularly have been working on a figure which was set in 1977 when the uh, rates were abolished and there was a new method of financing local authorities. Some of them have had percentage increases on that figure but not very big percentage increases and those book funds in 1977 were set when the punt and the pound sterling had uh, equal parity. Mm -hmm. Subsequently when the punt decreased in value against the pound sterling 
it meant that the purchasing power of the, book, the library's book funds uh, was cut because most of the books we buy, or a very large percentage of the books we buy, are published in the United Kingdom, right. are priced in sterling, and we are paying for them in yes. pounds. So that at one point when the, rate was, the exchange rate was very poor, libraries were losing about 25% of the value of their book funds on this simple pound sterling transaction. The um, addition of an extra 15% VAT, or an extra 5% VAT to bring it up to 15%, is a further cut in the value, the purchasing power of these book funds, which means that effectively we are probably buying maybe a third less in, of, uh, less in terms of volumes than we were buying in 1977. So if we are going to get increased demand from our readers on a book fund which is effectively a third less than it was in 1977, we're going to have difficulty in meeting the demand. Irish book publishers obtain 30% of their revenue from foreign sales. And in this way, they are cushioned against the fall-off in Irish sales. Also, their books are priced in Irish pounds and don't suffer increases due to fluctuations in the exchange rate. Do they care if bookshops close? Hilary Kennedy is the administrator of CLAY, the Irish Book Publishers Association. Well, they certainly do care. Uh, the booksellers are our window to the public. They are our lifeline, and it is very important that they, as many shops are open as possible um, and as much uh, space as possible is given to our books. It is very important to us. Um, are the 62 members of the Irish Book Publishers Association concerned with the present situation with the present cost of books? Oh, they are indeed. They are they're very concerned about the whole trend in the bookselling industry. The cutbacks in libraries have made an awful difference to them. The just general reluctance of the public to, to buy books is, is very frightening. So we feel we're going to have to mount a campaign. We probably will mount a big campaign next year right. to persuade the public, the general public, that books are good value. Of course, Irish publishers must be, uh, while they may not be saying so, rather pleased at this uh, the break with sterling because it makes Irish books cheaper and you haven't got this confusion with a, a sterling price on the book and a publisher's price stuck onto it, or a bookseller's price stuck onto it, about a much higher price than the original sterling price. So the Irish publishers in, in secretly must be rather pleased. Well, we didn't do badly out of it. It didn't hurt us. Um, it didn't hurt us personally, but it has hurt the whole industry, and therefore, if the public are put off books, they're not just put off British books, because the public are totally unaware of who publishes what. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has actually hurt the whole industry. In ways, uh, this is a psychological thing, that the Sterling thing was good for us, but there is also the broader outlook, which is that the public are slightly... Um, put off books at the moment, so it, it, that hits us. Perhaps we're becoming a bit too alarmist. Maybe things are not as bad as I've been painting them. I certainly thought so after meeting Seamus King, a customer up from the country to visit Webb's bookshop. Uh, in the Tipperary area now, I have noticed that in the last decade... One sees uh, more and more bookshops. Uh, every town of any size has some kind of a reputable bookshop dealing in maybe paperbacks, but uh, with a good selection. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I live qui quite near to Clanmel, and uh, Clanmel is very well stocked in bookshops. Now, okay, fine, we hear that they're closing down in, um, in Dublin, but uh, I don't seem to think it's the same down the country. I began to wonder at this point about the title of this documentary and whether bookshops are closing only in Dublin. Frank O'Mahony is chairman of the Irish branch of the Booksellers Association of Great Britain and Ireland. He has just extended, in this time of recession, one of his own premises in Limerick making it the largest floor space available in any bookshop in the country. Limerick is a growth area, not perhaps as recession hit as the rest of the country. Additionally, O'Mahony's are the largest seller of school books in Ireland and have profited from the opening of new third-level colleges in Limerick. I asked Frank O'Mahony whether the bookselling trade is healthier outside Dublin. The trade outside Dublin is possibly healthier because many of the shops are family-run shops and they are family-owned. In other words, they are not paying high street rents, mm. such as happens in Dublin. Mm. Um, it is unfortunate at the moment that the profits in bookselling do not permit bookshops to exist on the high streets to compete for the high street space. You mean that around the country bookshops in general tend to be in side streets off the main thoroughfare? No, they have been generally established in businesses that are owned by those running the bookshops. Mm -hmm. Therefore they are not paying the same rents as would exist in Dublin. Right. So in Dublin we have a number of shops uh, that deal exclusively with books but in the country many shops, including your own, in fact, deal with many other kinds of trade as well as books. I think that you deal 85% with books and the rest with greeting cards, for instance. Yes, that's true. Um, I think only Dublin has the market size to support a bookshop only. Um, mm -hmm. Around the country, you need to have something else to get people into the bookshops. We couldn't survive on books alone. Of course, the whole trend in book trade nowadays, not just in Ireland but elsewhere as well, is towards books being placed in corners or on shelves in large supermarkets and so on. Is this going to be the trend in Ireland, do you think? I don't think so. It is happening already. Um, but what's happening is that the bestseller market is being broadened. Supermarkets are selling the bestsellers. Um, educational type books and books on specific subjects people do have to go to bookshops for those um, but certainly it's hitting into the margins of booksellers that books on which they make most profit um, they're losing the sales on I was told that some weeks ago in, in France uh, bookshops were closing because uh, the best sellers were being placed in supermarkets in uh, large um, space selling areas and uh, consequently the traditional bookshop is closing down um, this of course is a tragedy is it not in many ways because the selection of books which the browser used to find will no longer be available he'll find the best seller in the supermarket but uh, he won't find a choice is this likely to happen? I'm afraid it is. Um, 
With the profitable areas of bookselling going to supermarkets and newsagents, um, booksellers have to sell to compete in this market and get into other areas. The traditional browser's bookshop is probably becoming a thing of the past. Bargain books are becoming... Um, the rule of the day, I suppose, really. Uh, yes, they are. People have to sell bargain books to get people into the shops yeah. now. What are bargain um, books? These are books that, uh, which are remaindered or something like that? Yes, they've been remaindered by the publishers. You know, books that used to sell at, say, 9.95 sterling are coming in at 3.95 sterling. I gather there, are, there is actually a shop in London which specialises in remaindered books. It, go <laughs> it collects from publishers books that haven't been sold and... Uh, sells these exclusively. Oh, there are groups of bookshops in London and around Britain, and indeed all over the States. It's only a phenomenon that has come into Ireland now. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, it's sad, because th the way it works is that one buys large quantities of these things, so that you end up having the traditional bookshop turning more into a supermarket. Mm -hmm. Stack up the books and mm. sell them. John Davy, managing director of Hodges Figures, echoes the views of Frank O'Mahony. Hodges Figures have a number of suburban and provincial shops and find that the Dublin city centre is badly hit, whereas suburban and provincial trade is surviving better. John Davy also sees bookshops changing. Yes, Hodges Figures, and I think in nine, one or two other Dublin bookshops, were general stockholding bookshops. And by that I mean they were selling almost everything that was published and the, the, the customer, the public, expected them to have a very wide range of stock. Um, that's now no longer possible. We cannot maintain that range of stock because it's not turning over quickly enough and we cannot afford to tie that much capital up in stock. So we're having to reduce our stock levels. We're having to reduce the range of stock we carry and of course this has the effect that people then think the shop is becoming run down because it didn't have the stock range that it carried heretofore. A hard-headed approach indeed but then Hodges Figures are owned today by a British conglomerate which is also involved in engineering, in gardens and in leisure products. Hilary Kennedy of Clay, the Irish Book Publishers Association, has been watching trends carefully. She sees American publishers giving a short shelf life, perhaps as little as 17 days, to some books before pulping them. Things are changing here too. The, the bookshop scene is changing in Ireland. A lot of shops are opening up in the suburbs. Uh, people are just not coming to the city centre for, for book buying these days. They're buying out in the suburbs. That, we think, is a very good trend. Um, Why a good trend? Uh, because it's people are more likely to go into their local shops casually mm -hmm. than make a special trip into town to a bookshop. And have more impulse buying. Much more mm -hmm. impulse buying. I mean, the vast majority of books are bought on impulse anyway. Well. In America, um, they are carrying more copies of less titles. Uh, they have to, by, by their standards of their, their charter, of booksellers must carry a certain amount of stock. Um, what they are going to do for the future is carry more copies of a mass market paperback and less copies of books that have a longer shelf life. 
um, this is going to make bookshops less attractive to the browser. Uh, the browser likes to go in and to find odd corners with uh, books perhaps he or she may never have thought existed, um, strange categories and titles. Uh, one thing which I found very hard to find in Ireland was uh, a good poetry selection in, uh, in bookshops. Uh, therefore, bookshops to the browser and or to those who like out-of-the-way different kinds of books are going to be less attractive. They certainly are. Bookshops will change quite dramatically, I think, within the next 20 years. We will end up virtually with um, bookshop supermarkets, uh, mm. where things are crassly displayed on shelves and mm. um, certainly a lot less titles. I think books such as poetry, which have a very long shelf life, will probably start to be sold through mail order, through clubs, mm -hmm. um, because people can't afford to keep a book up on a shelf for two years maybe, or three years, mm. um, without a good turnover on it. Mm. They can't afford that space because it's costing them money, so th I think a lot of bookshops will probably start um, mail order listings, to which they will, they will inform their members what they have, and members will buy it just through mail order. Uh, it's rather sad in a way because it means that bookshops are going to become mass market sorts of places and those interesting quirks or turns of knowledge or interest and so on won't be catered for. That's true. It will, it will change the whole feeling of a bookshop, I'm afraid. Um, but in the world as it's going today, I can't, I can't really see how it can do otherwise. Certainly chain book chains can't afford to do anything but change with those trends and go with those trends. Not only then are bookshops vanishing altogether, but bookshops will no longer look like the bookshops we used to know. What do we lose if we lose the old-fashioned specialised browsers bookshop? Let's meet some Dublin booksellers as they reveal what it is they have which makes their survival worthwhile. Enda O'Doherty of Books Upstairs is very committed to books. I think I've always been something of a bibliophile, and uh, I, after I left university, my partner and I were at university at the same time, uh, we cast around, did a bit of this, did a bit of the other, but it had seemed to us for a very long time indeed that there was an opportunity, uh, a need in Dublin for a bookshop such as ours. Uh, so we just went about the long and laborious process of planning it and saving up our mm. pennies and our pounds to make it possible. And uh, three years later, I'm, very, I'm still very glad that we did. Ender believes that if bookshops like his are forced to close, that the first thing to suffer will be the choice of books available to the Irish public. Well, I think what what we would lose in what I think is the unlikely event of us closing uh, would first of all be a uh, a selection of books uh, which uh, other more relentlessly uh, commercial operations uh, would regard as uh, impossible. Mm. Um, for example. For example. Uh, not so much concentration on uh, on fiction bestsellers or on uh, the fad of the moment, whatever that might be, uh, mm. but a uh, a poetry section, uh, a philosophy section, uh, books on media, television, mm. 
serious books to some extent, but I hope not uh, entirely solemn. I find that interesting because uh, I've just returned to Ireland myself, having been away for a few years. I went to look for some poetry books, first of all in the Ablana bookshop, which had a very good section. I found mm. it closed. I then went to another very well-known large bookseller who hadn't got any poetry because uh, it just, just doesn't pay to stock um, all the newer Irish productions in poetry. So uh, even smaller bookshops, uh, excluding yourself, didn't have these books. Uh, so obviously it's a valuable service if you can provide books of this kind to somebody who wants to find them. Yes, our ideal really would be that some of the more successful sections in the shop would help to subsidise some of the less successful sections. Mm. I don't think that poetry, for example, will ever be commercial, mm -hmm. but uh, we uh, like to in encourage people to come in from the smaller poetry presses mm -hmm. and, and place their... Uh, stock with us, it costs mm. us nothing really mm. to do that. Except shelf value. space. Except shelf space, yes. Well, we're, you know, we're prepared to sacrifice some mm. shelf space towards the idea. Fred Hanna took over the family business from his father and grandfather before him. Does he have any special feel for the product he's selling? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, qu I quite often uh, people ask me, how do you know what to buy? <laughs> Uh, it's a very difficult, difficult question to answer. I buy by feel uh, quite often when a representative from London comes in from a big publisher and he says, would you like some of that or that? Uh, I go by feel uh, quite often with a book, you know. <laughs> yes, I, I have a feeling for books. Uh, I love them. I dream them. <laughs> I wake so up early in the morning thinking about them, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> well, not surprisingly... Fred Hanna would regret the day his bookshop would have to cease catering for the browser. Well, I hope I'll never see that. No, I think there will be a certain amount of what we call in the trade destocking. Uh, we will not perhaps carry quite as big a range, but I don't want to cut down at the moment. As long as I have a demand for the stock that we have, I shall keep it. I will never go into the supermarket type of trade. We have a huge variety of books here. You don't have, uh, you won't get a bookshop that holds 200 cookery books or 300 gardening titles. You will just be... You do? We do, yes. <laughs> uh, you won't get a shop in town that stocks a Chinese dictionary or a Russian dictionary perhaps, yes, Malay dictionary, Portuguese, we have all these dictionaries in stock. Um, huge two or three hundred titles in radio or photography, sport. Mm. You will only get, it'll be into the supermarket item, you'll have one gardening book, you either like it or lump it. I see. Uh, and this, this is what will happen. The, the book trade will not. You won't see the support in the libraries. Libraries will not be there. Where, not? Where, will they, where will they buy their variety of books? They'll have mm. to go abroad, I suppose, to buy their goods. Mm. So whereas they come here at the moment to see our selection, buy off the shelf, mm -hmm. and keep up to date. Mm -hmm. So uh, what you offer at present is a, a browser's paradise with a, a range of books yes. uh, in, in uh, every heading, in fact, mm -hmm. which they can uh, glance over. Book and taxidermy, if you wish. 
<laughs> Any poetry books? Yes, I have some poetry books too, yes. <laughs> Irish authors. We keep a very good range of books of Irish interest. Um, you sound like an old-fashioned salesman, in fact. Ha-ha, <laughs> 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 yes, indeed. And he almost got me to buy something. One service conditional on membership of the Irish Booksellers Association is the ordering of books. You go in, place an order, and have a book obtained for you. This is a specialised and often unprofitable service which booksellers feel will not be provided by newsagents or by the suburban shopping centres which have moved in to erode the profits of traditional booksellers. What does John Davy of Hodges Figures think we lose when a shop specialising in books is forced to close? I think you lose the ability to buy the range of books currently available um, by going to your supermarket or newsagent you'll find a very limited range of books and only the popular ones and certainly nothing going into the specialist areas. Obviously the libraries will still be available but then the libraries buy from bookshops as well so if they can't buy from the bookshops you know, they, will be ha they will have problems, they'll have to go to the UK to buy and that sort of thing. And anyway people like buying and owning books and not just borrowing them. So I think the answer to your question is that the range of books will be very much reduced if you do not have the traditional bookseller. How do you obtain your range in Hodges Vegas? What sort of criteria do you, do you use before you buy books? Every branch or department has a buyer, and they have a particular expertise in their field. Uh, your shop is divided into, say, literature, Irish section, and uh, science, right. and so on, and you've got a staff person in each area, right? Right. Not, well, we don't have one in each area because it's not big enough, but, we, but in Stephen Court, for instance, they're on the general floor there, which is a combination of Irish cookery, gardening, do-it-yourself, art, whatever, mm. there would be two bars covering that range of mm. uh, subjects. They would split them between them, and they would have an expertise. They would know their customers. They'd know what the demand is, and they would buy accordingly. They see the publisher's rents, and they order from stock lists. It's very important, I think, particularly in the smaller country bookshop, that the manager or is the buyer and that we don't impose from a centralised buying from Dublin because very often what the um, buying public in Kilkenny want is not what the buying public in Dublin want, and I think that's important. Uh, so what kind of people, then, are uh, the staff in a bookshop? Do they have to be especially different to uh, staff in other kinds of retail outlets? Mm, that's a, a difficult one to answer. I think they have to be aware of books. I think it's, it's difficult just to sell books like any other product because people will ask you more questions about it um, there are various reference sources that need to be studied there's the reviews in the papers of the bookseller and I think they have to have a knowledge of the book they're selling, even the junior staff um, because there's such a wide range of books available and within every subject so they must have a, a reasonable knowledge of that. Do you think that your staff read a lot? I don't know is the answer, I'd hope so <laughs> but uh, you know. Um, there's no question, uh, is there, of these people imposing their taste on the kinds of books which you stock in the shop? Well, human nature being what it is, I think that's very possible. I think um, in addition to the buyers, we have uh, a retail sales director and an academic sales director who oversees the situation mm -hmm. and who tries to keep a balance. And if he sees that something's going out of balance, he'll talk to the buyer and we'll get that right. Um, we're trying to cater for the trends of the public, uh, mm -hmm. but obviously the, the, the preferences of the buyer must, have some must be taken into account to some extent. 
John and William Young have been selling books for 40 years. They select the books for Webb's bookshop where they work on Dublin's Quays. John has a rather specialised taste in books. I like a good western. You like a good western? Mm. Do you stock westerns in the shop? Oh yes, plenty of them. Webb's is a bookshop with a special character having a new and second-hand section side by side. The ambiance in the old section is not the same as in the new. Ah, oh, yes, yes, the second-hand store, I say, was more personal. I mean, you have, as I say, your regular clients, you meet them every day, and these people have well, a tendency, well, they like to talk about their collection and what mm. they want. What I they're guess, Regulars come in and ask me for books on trains. Ah, yeah. You know, that type, the of, that type of customer. Kind of and he can buy some second-hand in his place, and mm-hmm. he goes in to Willie, and he comes back to me, and I have a new one. Mm-hmm. One compliments the other, I think. Yes. Willie won't let me touch a book in there. <laughs> in the old second-hand, second-hand shop. <laughs> Don't you move one shelf. <laughs> Don't you move one book. Uh, why is that, <coughs> Willie? Are you very jealous of the way you have it laid out? No, he <laughs> he wants to keep it oh. the way it was years ago. Ah. I want to keep the atmosphere. He wants to keep the atmosphere in his second. See, you can do what you bloody well like in there, <laughs> but don't touch my stuff in there. I see. So you want to kind of maintain a sort of uh, museum-like display in well your <laughs> second <laughs> I wouldn't exactly shop. describe it museum. But, I mean, the, the clients that I have, they know which section to go to. They know where they'll find what they want, mm. and they know where they can put their hands on it. This shop, with its traditions, its shop front, its second-hand books on display outside, facing the quay, is well appreciated by its regular customers. In efforts to save this and its companion shops throughout the country, Booksellers are concentrating their efforts on a campaign to have the 15% VAT removed or reduced on books. They are joined in this campaign by the Library Association of Ireland. Nolik Hardiman. Well, naturally we are opposed to the principle of any kind of tax on books because books are not objects or in themselves. They are merely m- media for carrying messages, for carrying the text of something, of a novel or whatever it is, so that if you can cut down a tree, turn it into paper, bind up the paper into uh, book form, but without the text, it has no intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. So the value that is added to it is obviously the text, the value of the the cultural message, the The novel, the ideas, the information or whatever it is. So it's obviously a text on information, on knowledge, on education and as such uh, we we find it uh, particularly obnoxious that value added tax raises 4 million pounds per year from books at 15% irish vat on books is the second highest in the ec in the uk there is no vat at all on books in italy for instance the vat rate is only 2% although many members of the government privately support the booksellers, the Minister for Finance is not yet prepared to reduce or remove the 15% VAT on books sold in Ireland. Do Irish booksellers feel hard done by? John Davy of Hodges Figures. I would think certainly yes. Um, I think it's difficult to say that all books give knowledge. I, I would argue that 
the majority of them do. And I think, therefore, the VAT is certainly a tax on literacy, if not always a tax on knowledge, but in many cases a tax on knowledge, particularly where you have school books and academic texts, which are very expensive, and you know, there is 15% added on on that again. Um, libraries also, they 15% uh, now of their book fund is used up in VAT, which they get their book fund from government sources, and they have to return 15% of it to them, which seems you know, a ridiculous situation. So I think certainly VAT is a, a tax on literacy and a tax on knowledge, and I think should therefore be certainly reduced, if not removed. Uh, would you not agree with uh, people who say that uh, a tax on, on books is no more immoral or no more uncivilized than, shall we say, a tax on footwear or a tax on food? Well, there is no VAT on food and there is no VAT on clothes, so I would argue that perhaps there should be no VAT on books either. Uh, you don't think that uh, removal of VAT on books or reduction of it would, uh, as some ministers have said in the past, open the floodgates for a list of requests from other people for exemptions? Well, I think each area or each uh, person must make its own case. I think we can make a case uh, for the removal of tax on, on removal of VAT on books. I think this has been a number of people in government have agreed with this. Um, I think the difficulties at the moment facing government means that they are not far from giving tax relief to any particular sector. They are looking for more tax. Booksellers are working on many other fronts. They are trying to get British publishers not to put the sterling price on the sleeves of books bound for Ireland. This confuses and annoys customers who see the Irish price is so much higher than the sterling price. Irish booksellers are also encouraging British publishers to reduce the price of books of Irish interest. If the punt falls very low, it may become profitable to import books from America. Booksellers can streamline their bookshops, stock fewer titles. They can campaign for an increase in library funds. They can publicise book tokens, go into remaindered books. They can push for new technology to bring down printing costs. They can go out and look for new customers with specialised interests to be served. They can even hope for an upturn in world trade or for more favourable exchange rates. Or they can simply tell the public that books really are good value, no matter what the current price. If things get much worse, more bookshops, which work on a profit margin of only 2 to 3%, will certainly be in trouble. So, for our epitaph, Let's return to Webb's bookshop on the Dublin Keys for a note of nostalgia so appropriate when talking of bookshops. Webb's belongs to a vanishing kind. The bookshops on the Keys, they were pretty numerous around the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, very, very much so. In fact, they had a worldwide reputation. You even get a customer coming in tourist-wise. He's asking, where are all the bookshops on the Keys? You right. tell them they're all gone, vanishing race. The bookshops on Dublin's Keys found their way into James Joyce's Ulysses, where the dark-backed figure of Leopold Bloom was seen scanning books on the hawker's cart. The shopman let two volumes fall on the counter. Them are two good ones, 
he said. Mr. Bloom looked at the titles. Fair Tyrants by James Lovebirch. You know the kind that is. He opened it. Thought so. He read the other title. Sweets of Sin. Mastering his troubled breath, he said, uh, I'll take this one. The shopman lifted his eyes. Sweets of Sin, he said, tapping on it. That's a good one. May the booksellers of Dublin and beyond the pale continue to unearth many a good one for the immortal Leopold Bloom and his fellow countrymen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.